Hello out there in podcast land. It is your awesomely attractive host, Michael. Welcome to you saying that. I'm getting tired <laughs> of you saying that. You always come in, talk about how attractive you are, when we both know that I'm just as close to it as you are. Well, I'm, I mean, I'm Stephen, by the way, for everybody to listen. Yeah, welcome to Audacity, by the way. So, uh, <laughs> when you've got a bone to pick with somebody, you do it right then. You don't let it fester. You don't well, wait that's, around. That's that's true. That's you true. Get, you get right on it. I mean, right in, rea- in reality, I'm ugly as fuck. But you know, it's uh, you know, oh, don't don't you, be so hard on. No, it's 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 like it's like uh, it's like it's like the saying goes. You know, you got a face for radio. Right, you know, one of those situations. That's, that's kind of what I, I got going I, on. I hope we have the voices for radio at this point. You know, it, uh, well, if, if in my case, if my case of Gomer Powell was a morning DJ, you know, that might be the case with me. <laughs> I feel like as we listen to this back, I think I sound like I have more of an accent than you. Eh, maybe, maybe a little bit. I mean, maybe it's just that whole thing we talked about before about hearing yourself is is weird and Could that's throwing me off or whatever i'm kind of getting used to the the hearing myself part but anyway i have a couple of other bones pick because i ha- i had some thoughts this week that i figured i would bring uh here to late on me late on and uh, i remember last time we sort of ended and y- you let me go completely unhinged at the end and i'm going to try not to do that so much this time so much fun for me because I, I know right like, it would be <laughs> you need to go unhinge a couple times so i can be the reasonable <laughs> be, the voice of, be the voice of reason yeah because i mean i feel like i feel like i am a lot of the times but when yeah. stuff gets away from you it, it can it can get it can get crazy yes it can but no i wanted to ask you i'll just start on asking have you ever have you ever been in the zone and I'm not talking about auto zone, auto zone. No, <laughs> I'm not talking about the twilight zone. I'm not talking about the danger zone, even though, you know, that would be awesome. I'm, I'm not even talking about the end zone because we both, we both know that you weren't on a skill position in football at any time to ever. No, make- I, was, I was a bulldozer. Yeah. So, so you weren't, you, you weren't getting there. No, I'm talking about the mythical, the legendary, the often misinterpreted, and almost always imaginary friend zone. Oh, the friend zone. You've been friend zoned. Has there ever been a time where you felt like, because I know there has been a time where I felt like I was there, mm-hmm. but I'm going to I'm gonna elaborate a little bit more, but I thought I'd throw it to you. Has there ever been a time where you felt like you were in the friend zone? Oh, sure. Definitely, definitely. That's uh, that's one of the problems. With, that's one of the problems with uh, being eighteen, nineteen, twenty years old and being a nice guy. Yeah, that's true. And but but not to completely. Uh, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like an incel here, or neckbeard or anything. Well, but, you know, and also not to lock the teenagers in a cage of they're the only ones that can do it because sure, sure. It, it, I felt that way at at later points in my life. Sure, but again. Would you agree that that's sort of a mistaken way of thinking about things? Uh, I think it is, um, you know, and, and I think it is now that I've got some age on me and now that I understand women a lot better uh, right. than I did when I was when I was a young man, you know, because, you know, I didn't have a lot of experience with girls Um you know, in my, in my high school days and even early college days, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really date in high school at all. Um, you know, I just didn't have a lot of contact with girls in that, in that environment. So, you know, it was, you know, what I, what I know now and what I knew then are, are just worlds apart True, you know, as far as that goes. So, so I would, so I think, uh, <clears throat> I think looking at that concept, I think, I think there were times in, in those days when, when I thought, you know, when I thought, and, and I think back then we didn't know it as the friend zone back then. No, it wasn't. We definitely didn't have that term back then. And so let, that's a good point. Uh, so let me rewind just a bit and let's, let's start everybody on the same starting page. If you're, if you happen to be listening to this and you have no idea what a, the friend zone means. Mm-hmm. So that, that is a term that's been coined by people who feel like, and it's usually 
men using the term. Yes. Uh, hetero men using the term for uh, they are interested in a girl or woman and they feel like that woman just views them. They have been put in a friend zone. They are only viewed as friends. Yeah. There, there is no chance of any romantic encounter whatsoever. At yeah. Least, and then that's the actually the sterile. That's the sterile version of it. It yeah. gets more extreme when people start feeling like they're, they're put there on purpose. Right. right, right, right. Like they're purposely held to the side. Like if that, if that person ever gets bored or needs like some entertainment, well, we've already got this guy on the hook yeah, for my own entertainment. And so it can get kind of twisted. It's a mm-hmm. pretty twisted thought to start having. Mm-hmm. And you see yourself that way. But what I'm sure you talking about what you've learned experience of my own, uh, what you learn is, is that you basically, have you ever heard the phrase you played yourself? Yeah. Yeah. That that's that's what's happening. You know, whether the person the guy knows it or not, that's that's what's happening. You're playing yourself and you're putting yourself in a friend zone that doesn't exist. Right? Right. And so I'll just go on into my own this is my own personal experience with this. And then like I said, it was later. This was like my late twenties. Uh you know, I, I can't remember exactly how old I was at the time. But close to 30 anyway. Mm -hmm. And I had moved back to Arkansas, moved to little rock, had a like, and started, uh, building like a new friend group. Right. Right. And so I was hanging out with a totally different group of people. And at one point I go to a mutual friend's place and whatever. And, uh, there, there was someone there that I met. I was like, I'm interested in this person, you know, but, the way that I've always been. So like you, and this is also me being fresh out of like being divorced for like a year or so a little mm-hmm. over a year. Mm-hmm. So this is like my first kind of like, Hey, I can actually go out and think about dating people again, top deal. Right. Right. And, and I will also say that even before this, I like you, I didn't have too many experiences with this kind of thing. I wasn't the most, uh, 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 I don't know what you call it. Suave capable <laughs> confident yeah yeah a person in that area and uh and then on top of that it's been years since i even had to think about it so i'm definitely well to say i'm rusty is uh a bit of an understatement here right uh, yes. but but my my train of thinking was i meet this person on this like group trip thing right we live in the same town we're at like i'm i'm meeting a lot of the same people that's in her friend group, whatever. And there's going to be chances to, to interact with this person again. Sure. Uh, as a matter of fact, there was like a time, like we, uh, a group of us arranged to do something like the next weekend or one after that or something like that. It was like a week or two, right. Wouldn't be very long. Right. So I'm thinking like, let's not come out here to this first little place and immediately be like, Hey, what's up? How you doing? Yeah. Even though like I, you know, in thinking back, there actually wouldn't have been anything wrong with that. And I'm going to make an argument later that that probably would have been the correct course of action uh, to go through. But that wasn't where my head was at at the time. It was like, hey, let's uh, let's wait till, you know, next time and feel it out a little bit more and and ask later. You know, that'll be that'll be cool. So the later rolls are wrong. And then, you know, I kind of pick up on stuff about this girl. Well, she's sort of seeing somebody at the time. So it's like, well, fuck that's, out of the, that's, that's out of the, the way or whatever. But, uh, this particular person is, uh, what I understand that the people, the cool kids call a serial dater. Ah. And maybe I'm not using this phrase correctly as my, you know, elder millennial brain doesn't mm-hmm. understand slang stuff sometimes or it's very dated, but uh, I'm saying serial dater in the terms of someone who basically is always dating someone. Right. 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 They're, they're always either dating or in a relationship and they have very little downtime of being on their own. They're, they're perpetual daters. Perpetual yeah. daters. Yeah. Probably better. And I'm not, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. That's totally fine. I'm not like that. 
So I don't really particularly uh, quickly understand that line of thinking. Oh, for sure. Right. So time goes by. I've hung out with this person more and more. I kind of like them. I realize, like, hey, we actually have quite a bit in common, whatever. Sucks that she's dating somebody, but hey, like, oh, well, whatever. Yeah. Like, it, it is what it is type of situation, you know? Uh, and then they break up. And I'm thinking, again, because I'm not used to the perpetual dating mindset, I'm thinking, well, oh, I know they've been dating for at least a couple of years. Like, probably wouldn't appreciate getting asked out like an hour after that happens, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, that that might be a little rude or something. I don't know what I was thinking, but in, along that line, like that's maybe inappropriate or something. Not not right timing type of deal. So I'm like, hey, I'm gonna wait a little bit. And like three weeks go by, and she's dating some other person that I'm kind of friends with already. So I'm like, fuck me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So so time goes by, and I and like I moved to Chicago. They're still dating each other, whatever. Um, and I, I start to understand that one, like time had gone by enough to where I'd been out with other people at this point, you know, it's, it's really, I'm, I'm not that interested anymore, mm-hmm. but I started to realize that my mistake was just not asking at all in the first place, yes. right? Whether, whether I was interested if, if by the end or not, which I wasn't because, you know, people, hopefully you move on if you're in that situation. And right. thankfully I did. Uh, but, but I spent a long time, like at least a year where I'm mutually friends with this person and I wanted to ask her out the entire time and I never did. And so to the point where it became awkward, at least in my own mind uh-huh. and now looking back at it, it's like everything that I see I did that. That's my own doing. Right. right. You know what I mean? It wasn't, she wasn't manipulating me. She wasn't (laughs) keeping me on a hook or anything like that. I know some people are, you were the agent of your own destruction. Yes. Or or at least my own misery, like my own perpetual misery, because I never did the thing that is just like, Hey, if you're interested in something like that, then you approach them, you ask and you answer the question like, you know, for yourself. Because either it works out and they're interested too. And Hey, there you go. Hallelujah. Good job date. Now you're, you see what happens or they say, no, I'm not. And in her case, like she's in a relationship. So she could have just said that. So then. At least you know where you stand. Yeah. I know where I stand, but then also that forces you to make a decision of, well, okay. Do I like them so much that being friends is kind of uncomfortable, Mm. you know? Well, then you have to say, well, I can't, I can't be around them. You know, I can't really keep up with being friends if that's making you yourself uncomfortable. I know some people can just turn it off and be friends and be cool about it. And I like in that whole situation, I try to do my best to do that, even though I never really asked. So I was just leaving it open ended on in my mind. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, But some people can just say like, Oh, okay. That's you're not interested. No big deal. Or, or they, the, I guess the worst would be, you don't know if they're interested or not. Cause they just say, I I'm dating someone. Right. So they, they're not really definitively answering your question. So then it comes back to you. You just have to decide, well, am I comfortable just maybe genuinely being trying to be this person's friend, mm-hmm. which I encourage because that would sort of let you, then you're figuring them out without actually having to be in a relationship to see it go bad or something. Right. You know, you kind of get to see like, are they actually who I think they are after my initial impression? And like, once you get past the, I think they're hot, right? (laughs) you know, then, then you can kind of see like, do you actually have stuff in common, whatever. And that's what ended up happening to me. It just took longer. And I stayed in that weird headspace of like, man, I wish I could date her. Mm hmm. So being friends to me also always felt awkward, but again, that's on me, you know? And so I guess I feel like, and from, and that's not, you know, I've, I've, that's the most extreme example of the, of a case of me saying like, Oh, I was definitely, if if I were inclined to say I'm in the friend zone or whatever, mm-hmm. that would be the only example I could think of to bring up. But there have definitely been other times where I know, 
now looking back, my mistake is like, why didn't you just go and ask? Right. You know, do it right then. Uh, and then decide, can you actually turn that off and be friends with the person? If you're still in the same group and all that shit, right? Like sometimes mm-hmm. if it's just a random person in a bar or whatever, no big deal. They say, no, you just turn around and walk off. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it. You don't have to see them anymore. But if you're in the same friend group or you're, I don't know if you're, if you're interested in somebody at work or at school or whatever, wherever you are in your life and situation where this happens, you you then still have to decide like, how can I, am I going to be able to interact with them in a normal way? Mm. And if the answer is no, then you owe it to yourself and really like, in the interest of not being weird around that person is like, well, maybe then you don't really interact with them much, you know? Uh, because I think that gets a lot of people into that, like really toxic way of thinking of like, you're choosing to hang out with them and to try to continue being a friend, but it's actually a little backhanded skeezy way of hoping that hopefully they'll notice me. Right. You know, that's, that's where I saw what I saw that triggered this, line of thinking was something like that it was one of those reddit posts where somebody's complaining about this shit i'm into her but whatever well first of all you didn't fucking ask them out right so you're just sitting there kind of being a coward about it uh and so and you don't have your answer you don't know if they would go out with you or not Mm -hmm. and then secondly if they say no then it's it's done you know it's over move on and if you're not really wanting to be friends with them then just don't don't hang out Right. You know, or if you if you have a big social group where you are going to hang out, don't interact with them very much. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be rude, but you also don't have to put yourself in a way oh, that yeah. you, you don't have to bend over backwards to to try to interact and, and try to build something, you know, deep in a relationship there. That's for sure. Yeah, because to me, it's it's a very manipulative and like a really weak manipulative thing to do. Right. Because you're just sitting there like. I don't know, like weaselly hoping that, Oh, I'll, like you said, when you you said you felt like you were the nice guy, Mm -hmm. it's that, you know, you're just sitting there hoping that you're just being a, what we should all be just baseline, decent human being is enough for someone to be interested in you. Exactly, (laughs) It's not, it never is. That's not the point of anything like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, a lot of my, a lot of my experience with that, um, came down to less about, um, less about should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? And more along the lines of, um, reading signals. Mm. I, I had a lot of problems reading signals because, you know, I think about, you know, I think about how I was in my, in my teen years and my early, my early twenties. And, you know, I, I, I lacked confidence big time and, Plus my, my barometer was a little screwed up anyway, you know, as far as, as far as, uh, social cues and that kind of stuff. And I, I, I may be on the spectrum. I don't know. Well, my, um, well, <laughs> so you say like, not like missing cues, right. Yeah. But you know, now at this point, it's like, I know, you know what the solution to that is you just ask anyway. Well, but you combine, you combine that with the fact that, that I'm a big fucking coward. It's true. And, okay, and, okay, I, and okay. I don't, and I don't, I, I, at the time, especially the idea of being rejected was right, was devastating. And I know. And then that's the, that's the thing that that's the real lesson that people need to know. And this, this doesn't just go for men, right? I, I'm hoping more and more women are asking people out because that's, it's awesome when that happens. Right. And, and I think you should take the right. initiative and do that. But what I'm saying is, is, you're right. You like, you get so afraid of being rejected and you built this person up and you want to date them or whatever. Mm -hmm. And, but the solution is, and it's where you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about, are they throwing out signals or anything? You just ask. Right. Right. And that answers all your questions. And I know when people are teenagers and shit, they think that everyone in the room is staring at them. And, and maybe there is a little bit of like, uh, quiz bowl Timmy asks 
head cheerleader out, and so she's going to reject them, and then and, all the football players are going to laugh at them. And, Maybe and so, was, but that's also like 90s rom-com shit, too, a little well, bit. And that, and that was a little bit of what was going on with me, because um, especially the group that I was running around with in my early days of college, mm-hmm. you know, these guys were all former athletes, and, yeah. you know, they were they were – you know, they were popular in school and they were, uh, you know, you know, had, had dating experience, had good experience with girls. Whereas I was coming into this group and, you know, more or less I ended up in this group because of my cousin. Yeah. And, um, I was the exact opposite of that. I was marching band, quiz bowl, awkward, you know, not suave at all, you know? And, and I think, I think a lot of what got me was, you know, I wanted to make sure in my mind that, that I was, that the signals were clear mm-hmm. before I even decided to make a move. But what I've learned is that it's, it's much, it's a much more subtle dance than that. And well, you can't, you can't, you can't just rely on that, you know, to, to wait for the girl to basically throw the neon sign that says I'm interested. Yeah. Cause I mean, at the end of the day, what solves your problem one way or the other is if you're just direct Mm-hmm. And you just ask, and then if they say no, you be a decent person and leave them alone. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's it. It's it's easy, it, but it's a hard lesson for people to learn. Now look, now looking back on looking back on that, you know, looking back on those on those days, I can recognize and going back in my memory, I can recognize plenty of instances now where now that I know what the signals should be, where people might have been throwing signals. Yeah, and I, and I and I was too I was too ignorant of the process to understand it, and I'm at the age now where I'm not quite as I'm not quite as reluctant to be direct. So right, and so it's like you are. It's like you know hindsight and all that. But I'll say this: you know, it took it's taken me living with a woman for the last seventeen years to to learn all this. Truthfully, right. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, I, I've been, I've been pulling kind of a Jane Goodall, you know, being married, observing, mm-hmm. you know, observing, observing a female at, at all times, you know, and that, uh, you know, that helped a lot, uh, as far as, um, you know, how to, how to navigate around that kind of stuff, how to navigate around members of the opposite sex, really. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was a, it was a good thing. So being married has been a good thing, but then, you know. Now I've got all this knowledge. I can't apply it now. <laughs> you know, I can, I can apply it to my wife. Well, you, well, you do though, because you're, I, I, I know from knowing you in high school and early middle school, middle school, really. Uh, yeah. and earlier that you are way more direct just in general now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a good, just piece of advice for everyone at all times is sure. learn to be, more direct and, and open communication with people. Well, uh, I just, and I just want to point out that, that being, you know, me being married for this long is not what made me direct. It's been a combination of things. That's just, well, been, sure. that's and just being been, older. Yeah. And, well, and you get to an age, I think, and I think we're, I think we're at that age or approaching that age where you just don't really give a fuck anymore. <laughs> right. You know, it's just, it's, uh, you know, you've lived long enough to be like, what the fuck are they going to do? And, and you know, some, like some people are born with that. Don't give a fuck. Right. right. And, and they're the ones My that just ask, they're the ones that approach people and just ask, and they don't care if the answer is no, no big deal. They just move on yeah. and they move on, but they're also the ones that get what they want sooner right. because they approached it. You know, yeah. I mean, I used to, I used to watch people do that in places, you know, when I was younger and I was just, I was just in awe of those people. Yeah, it it, it seems like, seems like magic, but really it's the simplest thing. Right. I think in a lot of times, um, being prepared for, or being, uh, I guess resolved for, to, uh, face whatever comes of your actions, Mm -hmm. you know, and, and just realizing that, you know, we, you grow up watching movies and everything's over dramatized and, and then you start doing that shit to, in your own mind. But really asking someone out is not a big deal at the end of the day. 
No, not really. It's not. It's just when you're younger, you think it is because that's all you think about all the time. Well, well really. when you're a te- when you're a teenager, every everything is the end of the world. Yeah, everything. Yeah. So I mean, it's and, your- and that, that that person you're into is the only person you'll ever have loved. And if they reject you, then no one else in the whole, listen, man, like there's like a a billion women in the world that you could ask out at any given time. Like one of them is going to like you. Uh, I mean, there's roughly 4 billion women walking the planet. Right. There's there's somebody for you. I'm I'm trying to narrow it down into an age range, you know, that's appropriate age range and available. Yeah. Age range and available. And and maybe like, I'll be conservative. There's 700 million women (laughs) in your your age range that you could ask out. You just haven't met them yet. You know, and that's the thing. And I get really uh, amused when I see stuff on Reddit or whatever, where it's like some 22 year old who's never dated anybody and they think their whole life is over. It's like, you, you are a child. Yeah. You're still a kid. And you know I mean? yeah, you it, like you don't, you don't get to complain about shit like that until you're at least 26 and your brain is grown. Uh, then, then maybe start being a little concerned if you've never asked anybody out or whatever and, you know, work on yourself and, uh, make it happen, you know, but, right. but the steps are fairly straightforward. It's, it's not some mystery. It's not magic. There's not a secret formula that you have to do. And th- that's another thing that I wish I could have learned is that mm-hmm. part of it too is, and I can't remember where I saw this or heard this or whatever, but the person was basically saying, if let's say for instance, you're, it's like before you're in college, you're a high schooler or whatever, you're interested in someone or you identify like, you know, there are five people that you would, would ask out, you know, something like that. Uh, you identified them, then you don't ask them out. And instead what you do is you go to college, have a goal, uh, you know, pursue your goals, improve yourself. And then when you turn around and look, those people or at least like the same caliber of person that you would be interested in will be more likely interested in you because you have shit going for you right. and you've, you've done something, you've improved yourself or whatever. And then at that point, you know, it's, it's going to come a lot easier mm-hmm. and I'm not even saying you have to be hottest person in the room or smartest person in the room or richest person in the room, but just have shit going for you. And then these things don't matter as much. And if you ask someone out, it's not devastating. It doesn't have to be some devastating thing if they say no, because you know, you've got shit going for you. There'll be someone else who is interested. Well, I'll tell you something else I've learned over the years. There's a lot to be said for two things, confidence and sense of humor. True. And I'm going to tell you, confidence can overcome a lot of deficiencies. Um, especially if you couple it with some, you know, with, you know, with some, you know, some semi-normal semblance of social interaction. Right. You know, I mean, you can't be a complete, you can't be a, you can't be a complete, uh, uh, I don't know what I want to think of, so I don't offend anybody. Creeper. Yeah. You can't be a complete creeper because there are confident creepers out there. There are. Yeah. There are, you know, you, you, there, there is some social, there is some social, uh, graces you have to learn, but I can tell you if you take two people who have at least a basic ability to socialize and one that's confident, one that's not, the one that's confident is going to be successful. Yeah, every time, and so it goes a long way. It really does. And now I know, I know when you're a teenager, you know, confidence is the one thing's lacking usually, uh, with some exceptions. But um, you, you grow into that. You really do. So. Speaking of teenagers, speaking of teenagers, we were talking a little bit about that earlier, right? Mm, About, about how, you know, what we wish we'd have known as teenagers or things that, things that we realized we didn't know that we know now that we didn't know then. Yeah. And, and like, even beyond that, even, uh, kind of thinking of things that like teenagers, have a tendency to believe uh-huh. that you don't or, or they believe them or they don't know them or at all. 
mm-hmm. uh, that you don't, they don't usually learn until later. And we were, we were going back and forth and we didn't really get too far into it. Cause we, uh, people live for anybody listening here. We have a tendency to start up and meet up and talk about what we're going to say a little bit. We don't script shit out or anything, but we do come up with our topics and then we proceed to turn on the podcast after about 45 minutes of already having these conversations <laughs> and we're trying to get much, much better about that. Cause it's, it's a complete waste of time to, right. to do that. <laughs> so, and, I mean, uh, some, some of our best stuff has been done just over bullshit. Yeah, we don't even record it cause it's, you know, we just do it. And so we're trying to get a little bit better about that, but we were talking about this before. Um, so yeah, things like, uh, the first thing that came to my mind, uh, when we started talking about this was when you're a teenager having that feeling of when you, anytime you go into a room, everybody's looking at you. Oh my God. Paying attention to everything that you're doing. Let me tell you something, man. That is my life right now. I've got, I've, I got a daughter that's fixing to turn 13 and that is, that is her whole existence is, Mm -hmm everybody on the planet is looking at her and and that's not something that you can really uh advise out of them no because my my wife and i both have told her on numerous occasions that nobody's paying attention to you nobody's paying attention to us nobody's paying they're they're so focused on their own shit yeah they're not watching you but she but she does not believe that and she will absolutely I mean, she'll go into meltdown mode if mm-hmm. if she thinks that, that she's embarrassed herself in some way or that me or her mother have embarrassed her in some way. Like yeah. my, fa- my favorite one out of her is when they're shopping or something, they're out in public somewhere. Yeah. She thinks my wife talks too loud. Oh, okay. And she doesn't. I've, I've known this woman <laughs> for 20 years. You and, talk and, too loud, not her. <laughs> yeah, I talk too loud. But um, she she talks at a, at a normal range, and you know, but but my daughter will be like, "Mom, mom, you're so loud, you're so loud, quieting down." And, and, and it becomes and it becomes a thing, and yeah. half the time they end up arguing with each other because of it. And you know, I tell her, I was like, Morgan, nobody's watching you. Nobody's watching you. Trust me. Nobody's paying attention to you, but you can't tell her that. Yeah. I, well, I remember, I, I, I don't think I kind of got over that feeling until I was a junior or senior in college. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You know, cause I, I do, I'm, I was solidly in it as a freshman and you go to the cafeteria and you think like every person in there, it's like, no, they're not. <laughs> no. Unless you trip and fall and your entire tray of food falls right on your face. Uh, People generally are not paying attention, you know, well, for, I, to a I, random person walking in a cafeteria. And I'll tell you that that when you start doing that, you're more likely to do something. To yeah, that's true yourself. because you get become so, uh, so 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 conscious of it. You know, yeah. it's just uh, you know, if you were just walking in relaxed, you know, you would uh, you you just walk in, get your food, and sit down. But you know, you're so worried about it. That's when you're going to trip. That's when you're going to you know, do something, do something that's going to draw attention. But, uh, but man, I, you know, I get it. Cause I, you know, I, I'm the type of person I don't like to draw attention to myself, mm-hmm. but it's not because it's not because I think people are watching. It's just because I don't like to draw attention it's to myself. Because that's how you live your life. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, it's, uh, but man, you get a, t- and, and man, I teach junior high school. So I, I've got 125 of everybody's watching everything I do. Yeah. So it's just, it's just, it's just chaos and insanity all the time with these kids. And I, I so wish that I could get my daughter convinced to, to believe that nobody's watching her and, and it drives her crazy. It makes her so self-conscious, um, you know, that everything, everything is a, is a, is a melodrama because of it. Yeah. And it's, it's probably even more skewed because now at least we didn't have social media Oh God! So you know, social media is the, bane, is the bane of my existence, man. Well, that, but like, what I'm getting at is more. They see people who are getting attention from everyone. Oh yeah, yeah, sure, definitely, right? But they, definitely. what they don't understand is if that person is over 25 years old, that is a completely uh, concocted personality 
Yeah, I mean that's, that's meant what they, to sell and 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 get advertising money and that's whatever. What they, like that's they're what not. They, that, yeah, they're, they don't get it's cultivated. Yeah, it's all cultivated for for a purpose. It's not you know these people are not naturally that awesome. Well, that yeah, they're not that awesome, and they also probably. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are probably some very delusional celebrities or whatever after a certain point. Oh, for but sure. I would, I would argue that for the most part. Most of them, when they go home, they they don't really want that attention, and they don't really think that it's always on them. Right, 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 right. You right. know, they 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 create this persona for their celebrity stuff, mm-hmm. but then when they go home, that's turned off. Yeah, and it, it's no longer a thing. But you know, if you're a teenager and you just see someone trying to get a bunch of attention for whatever reason all the time or they're posted about all the time, mm. you know, they can start to think that, Oh, well then everybody's paying attention to me then. Right. In real life. Like if I just walk into a room because I'm paying attention to all these other people. Right. Well, and that, and that's the thing, you know, it's uh, you know, she's, she's paying attention to people as hard as, as she thinks people are paying attention to her, you yeah. know, and because, because she's so on guard that, it's like, I got, I got to watch. I got to constantly watch who's watching me. Who's watching me. Who's watching me. You know, that kind of thing. And of course, you know, my wife and I, we, we go, we range between being amused by it to being irritated by it. Right. And, you know, sometimes it's amusing because it's like, Morgan, you are flipping out. Like you've got to chill out, kid. You know, nobody's watching us. And, and they're, they're, you know, I mean, we, we go through the normal parent stuff with a kid that age, you know, you know, we're embarrassing and we're, you know, you know, we're not cool at all. And she would just assume we just go away and that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's, it's, yeah, I mean, and it's a phase, you know, you grow out of it, but, but I'm kind of like you, it took me till I was probably out of college before it took me really realizing that, that nobody was paying attention to me, you yeah. know? And, um, cause for a long time I was real caught, you know, it was, it was, it was always a thought in the front of my mind. And now I, I'm now I'm the way I feel about it now. I'm like, fuck! If you got nothing better to do, go ahead and watch me. Yeah, I guess so. you're, you're going to be bored because <laughs> there's nothing. There's nothing exciting going on. If you want to watch me eat a bowl of soup, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, whatever, you know, whatever floats your boat, man. But uh, well, and and there's no, you know, and to reiterate, the point of this whole part of this is not really to advise this out of any teenagers that might be listening to this. Cause it's not going to do any good. No, no, it's they're like, not going to listen you, anyway. No. Well, it, even that, like they can't, right. It's like they, they, neurologically, they just can't like, they think that people are watching them all the time and that's it. That's all there is to it. Now I'm not saying every single person does that. There are definitely teenagers that just don't care or whatever. They don't worry about it as much, but, no. uh, a lot, a lot of that neurosis that I, I'm discovering is breeds out of the narcissism that is being a young teenager. Yeah. Because a lot of, a lot of teenage thinking revolves around this idea that not only is everybody watching me, but they're watching me because the world revolves around me. And, yeah. you know, so, so with that narcissism comes, you know, comes crippling anxiety when it comes to the, comes to the rest of society. So it's actually an interesting just uh interesting juxtaposition uh to to see a kid that that not only is so narcissistic in one vein but also deathly afraid of drawing attention to themselves in the other. All right. I mean that's that's a, that that is that and that is one of the one of the paradoxes of teenagers. Yeah. And you can discovered. And again, you can't advise it. But no. No. So, but on that, on the topic of advising and giving advice, something that I didn't know back then. So when you're a teenager too, you constantly, you look for any opportunity to give your opinions on things and your opinions are always correct. Um, uh, whether you're talking about a factual thing that can be proven or who's the best band in the world, whatever you like is the best band and there's no arguing it. Right. Um, even though it's an, it's an entirely subjective thing. Sure. But something that I didn't understand for a long time is 
even though I always thought of myself as someone who likes to like learn by watching other people mm. and, and, and especially in the case of, you know, trying to avoid making mistakes in certain aspects of my life, I tried to pay attention to other people and, and, and learn by watching them in certain ways. Um, but what I didn't really understand is that a lot of the times, if someone is having a problem, you cannot advise them. People don't want your advice. Right. They want to complain. Right. And they want to be listened to while they figure out their own shit mm-hmm. a lot of the time. But you cannot generally give somebody advice who hasn't asked for it. Right. Because they're not going to listen. And that's something that used to bother me quite a bit because it would be something that maybe I genuinely had experienced and gone through. And then somebody's doing the same thing. And then I would go about it and trying to tell them exactly how to do something, which is also really not the best way to do it anyway. Right. In general. But not having that understanding that they're probably just going to continue to make the mistake Mm. until they learn it themselves. Well, and, and assuming they're not making a mistake and assuming they just want to, they just want to talk about their problems of the day, yeah. you know, um, it's a lot of, it's a lot of, this is something that I'm still trying to learn as a husband, mm-hmm. um, that, yeah, this isn't even exclusive to teenagerism, but I do remember being much more frustrated with it as a teenager oh, for sure, when, I, for sure. when I thought I knew the right thing to do and no, but you're not listening to me, yeah, you know, my, you know, my, na- my natural inclination personally is to solve problems yeah and to, to look at a problem and figure out a solution so i and i'm bad about and I, and I don't do it as much as i used to but i still do it to some degree my wife will be talking about her day and she'll be talking about problems she's having and my instinct is to say well did you try this yeah did you try this and that's not what she wants she just she just wants to piss and moan that's all she wants to do and sometimes, sometimes, most of the time, all the time, um, it's my job to sit there and say, yeah, that sucks. That yeah. sucks. Yeah. It's like, fuck, yeah, fuck that bitch. Yeah. I, was, I hear you. You know, <laughs> I mean, that made me think of that episode of Parks and Rec. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just tell <laughs> her that sucks. Yeah. That just, uh, that's it. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so it's, so yeah. So, well, and, and I, of course, being a teenager too, you feel like you need to pedal your, your pedal, what little wisdom you have mm-hmm. to everybody that's willing to listen anyway. And a lot of times that you mistake your own, just uh, subjective opinions about things as wisdom, uh-huh. uh, but, it, but it isn't. It, it, I always think about music a lot when I, when I, this topic comes up uh-huh. because I just remember back in the day, you know, such and such band is the best. They're way better than Britney Spears. Mm-hmm. And, and like you're and, an idiot and, and if you listening. listen to, and if you listen to Britney Spears, you're an idiot. Yeah, yeah, you're an idiot. And the, there's so much to parse there. <laughs> yeah, for making that comment, you know, like the most obvious one to me is you're not even talking about the same genre of music. So exactly. Uh, and then and then the other obvious one is it's music that's kind of a subjective thing. It's like yes, if you are a trained musician and you have studied music theory, you could be as close as you possibly can to objectively saying that something, someone has talent mm-hmm. or someone is, you know, technically proficient at what they're doing. Right. They are a trained singer or trained guitarist or whatever it is. You can identify that and say why and, and talk about the techniques they're using or whatever. But most people they don't go that far. That's not what they're doing. No, they just hear something that's catchy and it makes them happy. And that's good enough. And here comes edgy McTeenager trying to shit on it. <laughs> but people keep doing that throughout their life. It just start. Sure. It just, it, it, the Genesis is teenagerism. And well, then the difference, the difference is, is that the older you get, the more people will look at you like you're a pretentious fuck. And not, True. and not and not pay attention to you at all. And then you get into the timeline of like I got. I think we're starting to get into it now. We've, we're approaching that uh, the event horizon of they sure just don't make good music anymore. I, you know, I really, I really believe that that you hit a certain age 
And I think for the vast majority of people, you hit a certain age and your musical taste just kind of locked down. And because, and a lot of that, a lot of that I think comes down to, cause I've had this conversation with my wife before where we've talked about how at some point we stopped following pop culture. Well, yeah, because if you're talking about music, mm-hmm. music stops being for you. Yes, exactly. After a certain age, you know, exactly. people who are musicians and they're in their twenties are not singing about stuff that you and I think are important most I mean, of the time. That's not to say there aren't any exceptions or whatever, sure. but the stuff, a lot of the stuff played on the radio is not for us. It's right. not written for us. It doesn't even matter if it's musically good or not. Right. We are less likely to enjoy it because it's not something we will, we will, we will relate to. Right. And, and I think that's why you see, I think that's why you see at this age, you start, and, and this really started earlier for me where I started, I started turning back to my teenage years as far as music went. You know, music, I, I, list, I listen to songs now that I remember hearing in the background when I was a teenager and didn't really pay all that much attention to. Mm-hmm. And there's some songs that I hear where I think, and I'm listening to it and I'm like, you know, this song's actually pretty good. You know, and I don't know, I don't know if that's nostalgia talking or it's actually objectively that good. I don't know. But um, I find myself doing that a lot, going back to, going back to that, going back to, you know, music from, from my era, you know, and I, and I talk to my students about this cause they'll talk about, have you heard this song? Nope. I think you'd like it. I doubt it. I and still enjoy finding new bands that I it, like, my, but my I, I agree with what you're saying though, about how your kind of music tastes are probably get locked in. It's not so, to say that you would never discover a new genre that you've, you know, you maybe it's existed, but you've never heard of it. Right. And, you like it or whatever. So, but I, so typically my rule of thumb when it comes to music is, is if it's got a hook that catches my ear, I'll listen to it. Yeah. And, I, I'm, I and mean, I'm the same way. And it really, genre doesn't really matter that much to me. Right. Um, there, uh, now I have my favorites. Sure. Like everybody else, but I listen to a pretty wide range of stuff, but it just grates on my nerves when people are like, they just don't play good music anymore. They do. It's just, you're used to, you're probably of an age where you're used to hearing the radio play hits that are written for you. Yeah. It's not, it's not that they don't play good music. It's they play music. That's not relevant for you anymore. Right. It's, it's the Beatles are no longer relevant for you anymore or for, for this, for this generation. Yeah, you know, and I mean, that's not the shit that's played on popular radio. And the right. and then the other side of it too is music is is purposely created to sound very similar, so it continues to sell. Mm-hmm. And so there's very little these days where someone writes something that's kind of new or pushing any boundaries that gets played on the radio because that's not the safe shit that sells that can be played in a club or wherever. Well, right? I, I'll give you a perfect example of that. So, and it's actually over in country music. Um, right now, bro country is just ruling the airwaves <laughs> yeah. as far as popular music. And I'd rather, I'd rather gargle razor blades and listen to fucking Florida Georgia line. But, <laughs> um, but there, but if you go out and you kind of look on the fringes of country music and some of the, some of the, um, some of the alternative stuff and the independent stuff that's come out, some good shit out there. Yeah, but you that, have to. But you have. But at our age, you have to look for it. You have to look for it because it's uh, very little of that stuff is getting played mm-hmm. on the radio. It's like you know, for every generic pop person that writes a song, there's only one, say Adele or somebody like that, right? Who's really going to be on the radio and played all the time? Who's you know writing music for basically anybody who have you know. And she's just talented or whatever. And I'm not even saying, I'm not a big, I'm not saying that as I'm a huge Adele fan or whatever. I'm just saying. Well, she, she has appeal because my mom likes Adele, you know, yeah, so like I mean, a lot of people do, you know, so and, I mean, but, but it's see, like, but right now, uh, what I'm saying is, is like still most of the, a lot of the people that are, have been popular for the last five to 10 years or whatever, st- haven't aged up into where they're wanting to take songs whether they write their own songs or somebody writes them for them, they're mm-hmm. not taking songs that are, I guess, more mature or adult or whatever you want to call it. Right. Because they haven't aged into that yet. Right. It's like, you know, it, 
we're still, if you're going to take someone who's like a Justin Bieber or Ariana Grande or somebody like that, you know, it might still be a while before they age into singing those kinds of songs. But I would never argue against them being talented. They'll either age into it or they'll fade out. Yeah, they'll they'll be like, well, I'm worth a hundred million dollars, so bye. I mean, that's usually the direction that heads. They either their 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 art either evolves or they fade away. Yeah, I mean that's that's just how it goes. But but teenagers teenagers are insufferable when it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, And 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 yeah, and we we went off on a little thing on music there. That's that's the unscripted nature of this, I guess. But. uh, Uh, but, but, but you know, back. and 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 I don't want to I don't want to risk here sounding like you know the old guy on the park bench you know screaming at a cloud, you know that sure. kind of thing. But but I mean, I I find myself I find myself looking at this stuff and thinking about and and I get mad about it not because I think today's teenagers are that dumb. It's I look back and I think about how dumb I was. Right. Well, you're doing, you're doing more than the average person our age then and being, <laughs> and true. being like self-aware, you know, that's because true. I feel like we're in that time frame where we start to fall into that kids these days. Well, and I think for me, it's, I think I'm more acutely aware of it because I'm around kids all day. Yeah. It's, it's in my face every day. I hear, I hear these kids saying things that I used to say and I'm like, God damn, did I say that stuff? I was yeah, an idiot. And the answer is yes. And so then you're just like, (laughs) you're feeling the the weight of 25 years of embarrassment to come back up, you know? And I even feel that way about my twenties. You know, I think about, I'll I'll go back and look at their twenties. Yeah. I'll I'll go back and like uh, Facebook likes to, likes to show you your memories Mm. and things you've posted. And I look back at stuff that I posted in my twenties and I'm like, who the fuck cares? Right. That was so goddamn stupid. Why did I post that? That was dumb. Right. And you know, and I'm sure we'll look I'm sure I'll look back at fifty and look back at my thirties and my forties and be like, God, he was an idiot. You know. I, so but yeah, I mean I I think I'm more acutely aware of it because like I say, it's in my face every day. Yeah. So but I don't know. I think it's there's some value to being aware of that though. You know, oh, because sure. th- that's what gets on my nerves. That's what grates on my nerves. Is these people walking around acting like they weren't stupid. Right. Or, right. you know, they didn't do all the stuff. And like, the, I've the, had the, my shit together since I was 12 years old. Right. right. You know? Like the hypocritical nature of that just really gets on my nerves. And it that, that can go into the extremes of like, oh, I don't I don't want my kids staying out late and doing the same stuff that I did. Exactly. But I'm not going to tell them that, and I'm not going to explain to them like, "Hey, if you're in this situation, here's the correct thing to do to keep yourself out of trouble, or whatever, or not, or not die." Yeah, yeah, or yeah. not die because here's another thing that you don't realize when you're a teenager: you think you are immortal. Oh my and, god! Yeah. Uh, and and bad shit will never happen to you to to a level that like you could be actually your life is in danger, but it absolutely can, and probably because your own stupidity. <laughs> Well, sure. I mean, I mean, I, I, there are things that I look back on things that I did that I look back on and I, it, it chills my fucking blood. Right. Because, because I think about that, if that, if that would have went wrong by a couple of inches, mm-hmm. I'd be dead. You know, Here, that kind of stuff. Here's, here's like the one, the one that always comes to mind for me. And this is, uh, I, this is when my brother and I were working for my dad on the farm. Mm-hmm. And it was like end of the day. So we're starving. It's time to, or it's time to eat supper, you know? Uh, but we had to go check one more field before we could go home. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I'm in, we're in one of those little, like, I think it was a Nissan farm truck Nissan type truck. thing, you know, stick shift, whatever. And I'm in the, what I feel like is my peak. I know how to drive this thing and I'm we're hauling ass so we can get, we're talking about all the food we're going to eat. We're just, you know, we're doing everything you can to be as impatient as possible to, mm-hmm. to get home or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh, this particular field we were going to before you ever got there, there was kind of a, uh, a, a Creek that was big enough to have, it used to have one of those rickety old wooden bridges that were around, but it had that year in the spring been swapped out for one of those big, uh, 
tile, you know, like concrete, yeah, big, big, big pot, big pot, yeah, big pot thing, thing. Whatever. and it was long enough to where the concrete, it, they didn't, you know, really bother to make the concrete perfectly flat from one side to the other. There was a dip in it, mm-hmm. you know, and it was probably four of these trucks long, the whole bridge. Okay. Yeah. So, so there's a, it's a pretty significant, like, you're you're driving and then it kind of dips down and comes back up and then there's the rest of the gravel road and you keep going and i'm hauling ass and we're sitting there talking about the i don't know kfc we're gonna go get or whatever (laughs) and uh i forget all about that dip in the bridge Mm -mm 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 -mm. and so i'm driving probably 50 miles an hour and i hit and it's one of the only times i've ever felt a truck go airborne get off the ground yeah yeah and it goes, and since there's a dip, it's like I skip the downward part, but I sure don't skip the rise. And the truck hits on the other side, and and just you know, if you've never been in a vehicle that goes airborne, when it hits the ground again, there is a significant uh, come back to gravity moment. Yeah, it's where you're kind of you're kind of floating, and especially because it's a farm truck, and we never wore seatbelts. Uh, that's so that's the other part of it uh we you know i come up i'm just holding the steering wheel and then when it comes back down my ass slams down into the chair and then comes back up and i'm wearing like an old you know a like a baseball cap and it has that like button thing on top right (laughs) well when i went up my head hit the roof of the truck and right on that thing so that like if you can imagine it Yeah, and it's almost blinding, right? Like you get hurt so bad that your vision. It'd it'd be like if somebody turned a class ring around. Yeah, and just popped you on the head. Yeah, I mean that shit hurts. And so that's what happens on my way up, and then on the way down, it's like spine is crushed into the you know chair, and I'm kind of bouncing. And at that point, there's still a dip from where the high point on the other side of the bridge comes up, so the Mm. truck goes up again. Mm-hmm. And at this point in my foot is just slammed on the brake, you know, but you know, momentum is going now. So I'm right, trying to fight right. that. And when all is said and done, it's like visions blurred and my eyes are watering from getting popped in the head. My back hurts from slamming into the ground again. My brother's like sideways in his chair, you know, <laughs> uh, and, uh, and truck comes to a stop, you know, slides to a stop in the gravel of this road or whatever. And kind of come to rest and I look up and we're less than a foot from a telephone pole. Oh God. That we could have slammed into. Oh. And that's not counting, you know, the truck going sideways. Then we go off into the thing and it wasn't a small drop either. You know, so many things. And it's all because you're a teenager and you think you can just drive real fast and you don't have to pay attention to anything. And you're being a super big idiot. Well, you know, and that, that's the thing, you know, well, I, you know, and I could tell, I could tell dozens of driving stories like that. Um, but I, th- I think that's a significant characteristic with teenagers is the ability to, to work yourself out in front of what you're about to do. I, I cause I think teenagers are all short-term thought and no long-term, mm-hmm. you know, thought well, you at just all. Don't have the life. Very few people when they're teenagers have the life experience to understand possible consequences mm-hmm. of what mm-hmm. you're doing. Yeah. And so what seems like just a fun time can very quickly go bad because you just don't have the experience to understand how dangerous, whatever the thing you're doing might be. I, you know, I think about, I think about college, early, early college um, and all the drinking that I did. Mm-hmm. And there yeah. were a few, there were a few times I, I got alcohol poisoning drunk and I think about those times and I think about, you know, how easily it would have been, you know, could have choked on my own vomit. I could have, <laughs> you know, a lot of things could have happened and I'd be dead and it'd be the end of it, you know? And, uh, you know, back and it didn't even occur to me, yeah. you know, back then, you know, I just, I was back drinking the next night. But the, but the shit of it is, is that, you know, we're sitting here talking about teenagers, but there are plenty of people who haven't grown out of that and they're in their all ages, uh, driving and drinking or now driving and on the phone, which has been proven to be just as bad. That's just as dangerous as drinking and driving. Uh, 
or driving when you're too tired or just whatever, you know, mm-hmm. people choose to do those things all the time. Well, uh, I mean, stupidity never, you never, you know, stupidity doesn't know, it knows no age. That, that That's true. I mean, but there, but there is a little bit of extra like oomph in it when you're younger and oh, you just, sure. you don't, you just don't think about consequences or that thing that happened to somebody else probably happened to them, but I'm better than that. At, well, yeah, I'm, I'm smarter than that. I'm tougher than that. I'm, right. I'm stronger than that. I'm, I'm, I'm better, you know, I'm more skilled than that. You know, that kind of thing, you know, it's uh it can never happen to you. It can never right. happen to you. And, you know, despite the fact that, that uh, many teenagers are confronted with those consequences. Yeah. You know, you see somebody, you see somebody, you know, somebody your own age die because, you know, especially, especially like behind the wheel of an automobile, you know, and things like that, you know, that, that should, that should end any of that invincibility thinking, but it doesn't, it doesn't it never does. And, you know, you still, you still, you, you never vocalize it, but you always think in your mind's like, nah, no, it won't happen to me. Right. You know, nah, I won't happen to me. I would never do that. I would never so do that. Uh, we're, we're coming down to the end of it. So I want to, let's, let's cheer it back up a little bit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, and I, I was kind of talking about this a little bit before, but, um, you got any, uh, positive driving interactions? You know, it's okay. like everybody wants to talk about road rage or the wrecks or whatever stupid thing. But do you have any positive ones? Yeah, I do. Um, in in all the in all the traveling I did when I when I worked in my former career, you know, I had plenty of opportunity to interact with drivers in various ways. And my favorite interactions were always the ones where you could look at another driver and about two hundred terabytes of information cross space between your eyes and theirs in about a millisecond. Yeah. And the conclusion is what the fuck is that idiot doing up there? <laughs> yeah. and, and you, you can just see, like I said, you, you seeing just, this shit? you see in this shit. Yeah, exactly. And, and it's on the look. It's on yeah. the look. There's been a couple of times where I've done that, where I've, where I've looked at other drivers and just shrugged my shoulders and they do the same thing. You know, it's like, well, what are you going to do? But, <laughs> Yeah, I'll I'll never I'll never forget. Uh, one time, uh, I was on a road trip with my family. I don't know. I was probably like nineteen, twenty years old, somewhere in there. And uh, we were we were driving. We were headed to Colorado. We were going skiing because, like, my dad discovered he liked doing that. So, uh, like, we didn't go all the time. It's not like we, you know, had that much of an opportunity. But we 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 went a few times or whatever, and. Uh, <laughs> this one time we were driving and we were outside of Denver and we were headed up the mountain and I, I used to, I loved that, that ride up there. Like, it's just beautiful. And I, I loved seeing that. And so I'm sitting, my mom had a suburban back in the day or whatever. And I'm sitting in the back of it, you know, looking out the window, probably like listening to music, chilling, just looking at mountains, you know, cause it's so cool. We're from Ricefield, Arkansas. Right, flat as a pancake. So seeing seeing a mountain is pretty awesome. And I'm going by. I'm looking out the window, and we're doing this kind of like you know, there's kind of some traffic. It's not it's not bad traffic or anything, but you know, there's enough. And so you know, the speed is varying. You're going up the mountain, so you're kind of you're noticing you're passing a car, and then they're passing you a little bit. Pass the car, and you're kind of doing that back and forth. And I noticed at one point that this one car that we keep doing this with, uh, there is a, uh, there's a girl in the passenger seat who looks like anywhere between probably like 16 and 22. Like, so around my own age or whatever. And and as we passed one time, I look and, uh, she's doing like the, the finger gun thing, right? Like, it's like she's taking pot shots up at, up the mountain or at different things or whatever. And she's just like one eye closed aiming. She's doing the full thing, you know, and uh, just yeah. off in her own little, you know, pew, pew, you know hit the world. And I see this. And so the next time we're going to pass, I'm like staring out the window and I do it back at her. <laughs> and as we pass, I kind of go pew, and do that. And she sees and she kind of stares at me for a second and then just like loses her shit laughing. 
And yeah. like just starts that and I start laughing too. And so then my brother and sister, mom and dad all think I'm crazy. Right. And they just like laughing in the back of the car, you know? It's like going around the band. Yeah. So it's like, you know, just silly shit like that. You pull up next to somebody who's just singing their heart out. Oh, that's you know, and you catch them. And the best thing is back in the day when you knew they were listening to one of like two radio stations Uh, and at least in small town, you know, where we live. And so you could figure out which one and what song they were belting out and then start doing it too or whatever. uh, uh, That's all. Yeah. That's always the best watching somebody just going full on concert in their car. I, I, I just, I get tickled at them watching that. Uh, you know what? You know what made your 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 gun, you know, finger gun story funnier. She'd been instead of shooting at random stuff, if she's pulling like a shooter McGavin, and she was doing that to other doing <laughs> yeah. that to the cars, like hey, shoot up, shoot up, right? Shoot yeah, that'd been even funnier. But uh, no, she was like the. I guess the funniest thing is like she. It took her a second to notice, and just thankfully, you know, our cars pulled up side by side <laughs> for just a little bit because she was still pointed kind of like up. You know, I'm I'm sitting on like the left side of the car, mm-hmm. and they're in the left lane. Yeah, and then so the the mountain side is to my right. You know, so she's like looking up that way. You know, at something doing that stuff, and so she's kind of inclined. And like they were in a car, and we were in a suburban, so I'm up a little higher. Mm-hmm. So. so she was it's naturally like looking up toward me so i'm doing that back then (laughs) (laughs) that's funny yeah that's funny Uh, well i think uh i think that does it for this episode stay out of the friend zone folks it's it's make believe uh you're doing it to yourself and you're 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 not invincible and nobody's watching you nobody's watching you and if you see someone pretending to shoot shit up a mountain shoot back that's right. That's you right. You have to defend yourself. We'd like to hear your thoughts on these subjects. So uh if you uh if you would, you know, drop us a line. We're uh on Twitter at Audicity Pod, uh Audicity Pod on Instagram and on Facebook, Audicity Podcast. Uh so drop us a line, tell us what you think about these topics, you know, give us your give us your thoughts uh on being an idiot teenager and finger guns. And finger guns, yeah. So and with that, I think we're uh I think we're out of here. Right, peace. Pew, pew. See you later. Pew, pew. Who died?